Welcome back. It's uh, Yin and Yang, the podcast. Uh, we're going to do a little, you know, a short, I, I foresee maybe just like a short episode today. I don't know. What do you, what do you feel, Dan? I think a short episode is probably in order. Yeah, yeah. Just like a good uh, catch up. So our last two episodes, we had good old uh, Mr. Sang Chen, the the polymath. And the last one, before, uh, the one after that was uh, Mr. Bill Poon, which was... Uh, that was pretty kind of surreal for me because I've been, you know, I've heard his voice before on DVD ASA and uh, see him in per- to meet him in person. And it's just like, yeah, he's just a cool dude. Nice guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I left that podcast early and I did listen to the recording and you guys went on for a great, a great deal longer than I thought you guys. Would. Yeah. Um, well, because his stamina, you know, his stamina for podcasting is yeah three is like nine out like because because david would just put him through the ropes you know so he was he he was he they could have we could have gone longer actually but it was getting late and so um uh what was i gonna say now the one thing i just want to touch on uh, that we mentioned last time was that um the so DVDSA, yeah, that, that kind of sparked my interest. But also, another thing I forgot to mention was Loveline. Did you ever listen to Loveline? I listened to a little bit of it. But I didn't really listen to it too much. I actually met uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky once. What? Or twice. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I met him because he came by to pick up a to-go order one Christmas day. And I was oh. like, hey, that's Dr. Drew. Yeah, yeah. Did you talk to him at all or...? A little bit, but on Christmas Day, we're always so slammed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the busiest days for for Chinese restaurants, at least for our restaurant, Christmas Day, <laughs> Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Mother's Day. Yeah. And Valentine's Day is kind of busy because there's so many small t- parties of, of just couples that it just takes up the restaurant because everyone's in such a small small groups. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, and then do you get a lot of Jewish customers during Christmas? We do. Yeah. But I mean, just in general, these days, everyone just goes out for Christmas just to, to have dinner with a bunch of people. And that way you don't have to do any cleanup afterward. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. wait, why, why don't you have to do it? Oh, well, I guess for them, they don't have to do any cleanup. Yeah, for them, they don't have to do any yeah. cleanup. For the restaurant. I mean, that's the whole reason you go to a restaurant is you get served, someone else cooks, and someone else cleans and washes dishes. Right. Basically, that's the that's the convenience. That's why you know what I haven't cooked in a long time, and I kind of miss that feeling of cooking. But at the same time, it's just so convenient to eat out. Like to yeah, just well, the, yeah. When you're one person, it, it's easier to go out to eat. Yeah, it, it's it's less expensive, and uh, if you have leftovers that you have to consume for the rest of the week. Right. I've been on dates where I've paid for the date and then, mm-hmm. you know, since I paid for it they, and they're gr- like most women, they don't want to take the food home because I guess it maybe makes them look, you know, I don't know, whatever. They might think of it as a a, a negative to take food home. But for me, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it home. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and did you uh, yeah. speaking of dates, did you ever go out with that girl again? which one are we talking about the white about? girl the white girl who was into asians uh i i did yeah 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 and uh so the second date we went was much longer we went um 
where we go we went to, okay so so i'll break it down um we went to get Korea, Korean, uh, we were originally gonna watch a Korean movie, right? But uh-huh. uh, I didn't buy tickets in advance, so we just went there to the theater. So the CGV in uh, K Town, they play yeah. Korean films. I was yeah. like, "Whoa, this is crazy! This is this is cool." They're like fifteen bucks though, but whatever. It's assigned seating. It's kind of like an arc light kind of system. Um, right. So you go there, and and <laughs> we were gonna watch. Um, shoot, what was it? It's like this Korean. Um, like uh comedy action um film and it sold out um and i was just like oh shit what are we gonna do and uh what's it called i think it's called midnight runners is that what it's called or yeah anyways um yeah that's called midnight runners and uh we got there the seats the only seats that were available were like the very first row and we're like nah so then we just we just went to uh get some tea uh, like a korean coffee uh, tea place and then from there we got food and uh, and the korean tea coffee place okay so let let me let me let me let me slow down so we're like oh no no tea and she was okay she was chill about it and at this point, she's kind of like touching my arm. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And we kind of held her hand a little bit. And she's kind of tall. so And she was wearing heels, so she was a little bit taller than me at the time. And she asked, oh, is that a problem? I'm like, no. And then I'm sitting, I'm standing like on the inside of the sidewalk, right? And she's like, go over here. And she kind of motions me to the outside. And she's like, oh, a man should always uh, walk on the outside of a woman. <laughs> Have you heard okay. of this? Yeah, I, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's something that I I don't know about your generation, but it's something that was discussed. I, there was some girl I dated who was really into all these little subtle things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do like if you open the car door for the girl, will she reach over and? Oh yeah, door? yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's kind of moot at this point because there's power locks. There's power locks. Yeah. But uh, I will. Uh, I mean, that came from the, a Bronx tale. I think everything after Bronx Tale, everyone was just like talking about that. Yeah, the Bronx Tale was like, you gotta, yeah, I remember that, that scene. That's a good scene. Yeah. It's a good scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If the girl's a keeper. And um, my ex-girlfriend, she knew that we had power locks, but she would reach over and, and open my door. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time, maybe it's, it's kind of, she's kind of flexing a little bit. She's like trying a little bit too hard. Yeah, that's how I felt too. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's like a nice thing, but it, it kind of is indicative of what she sort of expected. I remember once she had me cook. Yeah. I was like, yeah, everything's ready. And she's in the room. And she goes, well, is the table set? Are the dishes out? And What? I, I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not your slave, so, woman. I mean. Yeah. I yeah. mean, she couldn't, she couldn't have spent like 30 seconds to help me like just do that while I'm cooking. So. Right. It was very indicative of, of our relationship. Right. You know, I read this quote recently about, it's, it talks about feminism, right? Yeah. And f- it, it was a good quote. Basically, the quote was saying, feminism, uh, uh, it's actually, it's, it's against patriarchy because, yeah. and patriarchy actually enslaves men. Patriarchy means that men can't be sensitive. It means that men have to act in a specific way you know uh to express their masculinity right or whatever and uh, i thought that was really interesting because 
for for so for, you know it's like well with feminism then a woman can take the initiative and say hey let me help you with that you don't have to take care of everything for me you know whereas patriarchy right. is more like oh the man has to be the breadwinner and you know all these kind of stereotypes or outmoded um modes you know and i thought that was an interesting perspective on feminism i'm like oh shit maybe i'm a feminist you know yeah <laughs> yeah because feminism usually gets the bad rap of being oh anti-male which it's not the case i don't yeah yeah right but anyways we derail from your date so okay i walk on the outside that's fine so that became like an a, uh, an ongoing joke throughout the night um okay so during the car ride to the theater uh we start talking and uh she mentioned stuff about like her uh her family right yeah and you know and you know her brother is like really into politics and i'm like okay okay cool and like i guess the brother is really liberal and the, the family is very conservative and she's like you know i, I don't know what the f- i don't like politics i mean you know the left they can be just as violent as the right oh okay lovely yeah so when i heard that my like i i i, I my attraction for her was like ugh, like i really wish you didn't say that you know like <laughs> yeah but, okay so but then you know my first reaction you know my I, my my dick goes soft whatever but my my then i think to myself well okay where is she coming from you know what you know the reason you remember like when our last episode last last one of our last episodes was like me going through the south right that's the conversation i kind of wanted to have right it's like okay right. what does this per- she's from the i guess virginia area or yeah um, so where where is she coming from? So I talked to her like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? And we got more detail. And eventually, we both agreed like white supremacy. I mean, it's so easy though. White. We both agreed white supremacy and neo Nazism was bad. Violent. Call, anything called to violence on both sides is terrible, right? right? And sometimes there are people on the left who who you know they they punch neo Nazis and stuff like that which we can get into a debate about is wrong or right but at the same time i think violence begets violence you know so so uh we both agree that yeah you know not to not to you know the easy stuff like we shouldn't hurt people right yeah um so but that was kind of on my mind for a little bit you know so the rest of the night we progressed we went to get tea and one thing I noticed with, okay, so one, one red flag, I have to stand on the outside, I guess. And then the other thing was that I paid for everything, which is fine, I offered, but she made absolutely no attempt to say, oh, you know, go for the, pur-. like at least, you know, fake go for the purse or whatever, it was expected for her. She did not reach or touch her purse at all. And then uh, we went to get dinner, and, and, um, and then after dinner we went to go we went dancing at a club. I think it's called uh, Davy Wayne's or something like that in uh, downtown. And uh, and she just took her ID with her, and she, we we put her purse in the trunk. So so that means I'm buying all the drinks that night. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. anyways, so let me just very very. Uh, I'll just break it up quickly. Any the uh, key moments. Uh, the tea thing. I noticed that uh, the tea place we chatted up. 
And she's like, oh, let me get a picture with you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm just like, oh man, I hope I'm not one of these. <laughs> I hope I'm not like Asian guy number 17, you know, like on her Instagram or whatever. It's like, get out. <laughs> uh, it's like, get out. I'm like, she's like, yeah, let me get a picture with you. I'm like, okay. And so we got some pictures. So we actually asked the waitress. And then I look at the waitress, you know, and I'm like, whoa. She's like this Korean girl, and like, she is quite cute. And I'm thinking, yeah. damn, damn it. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I was like, uh, could chat you up. But, anyways, focus, James. Uh, so there was a key moment there. Um, and we were getting, and it's interesting, while we're getting food or getting tea, she was the one trying to speak Korean to them. And you know what? The Korean waitresses, they would smile like, oh, this white girl speaking, you know, Korean. And then they, you know, I, it, I don't know if it's in my mind or not, but like, uh, you know, maybe the Korean, the waitress would like look at me maybe a little bit. And I'm thinking, oh God, I know. <laughs> I'm playing into her fetish, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, what's up? Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so then we went to get food, uh, and then, okay, the, the dancing part was cool. I was thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I can, maybe, maybe she wants to get some tonight. We don't know. We're dancing kind of like, you know, flirtatiously and she's, right. but we, oh, man, we waited for like an hour. It's crazy. I don't think I would ever do that again. Anyways. Um, so end of the night, I'm thinking, Hey, maybe I'm like, so yeah, you want to hang out at your place she's like no I, I don't ever take anyone to my place and I, I mentioned I mentioned my place earlier that night and she's like no you're naughty kind of funny but the thing is the problem what I did at the end of the night is that I did not reiterate my place as an option again you know at the yeah. end of the night I'm like okay I can take you home and that but I what I should have done was like oh hey maybe you want to head back to my place I need to you know clean up or whatever but uh, I didn't for whatever reason. And maybe part of my unconscious was saying, ah, James, what a dude. Because we're having fun, but at the same time, that comment about, you know, the left being violent too, sure, whatever. But that's indicative of also kind of the other things of, of throughout that night were like not, not reaching for the expectation that I was going to take care of everything, you know? And yeah. also... While we're waiting in line, you know, we were chatting and she asked me to teach her like these, these um, phrases in Mandarin, right? And when I would teach her like a phrase in Mandarin, she's like, oh, it's so cute. And she would like pat my face. And I don't know, I, that felt kind of weird, like fetishy a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of turned me off. So all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm okay not sleeping with her, you know? <laughs> So right, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Uh, I once dated a girl in college, and uh, a Korean girl. Yeah, yeah. She told me. At the very beginning of a relationship, she believes the guy has to put out, pay for everything, uh -huh. before the girl reciprocates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe this girl is kind of like that mentality. Yeah, she used to be a model, so. Um, Maybe, I don't know if that's a model thing or I don't know, like she's used to being taken care of or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fast forward to more recently. I had a cool date on uh, this past Monday. Um, also, also a white girl. Um, 
and she's like Eastern European, but she speaks like perf- you know really good English. She's like getting her PhD and stuff, and right. in in the U.S. Um, and yeah, much different vibe. Much like the attraction level was much higher with this you know with this particular date. Um, not not that I'm fetishizing white women, you know, but more that we just clicked on like intellectually we were talking about race and i talked about you know white nationalism and stuff like that and she we were totally like um connecting on points because she, uh she totally agreed like yeah this basically you know a lot of people come from a place of privilege and they don't even they're blind to it right and because right. of that they feel like they can say or do whatever um, so that I was just like, wow, that's so hot. That you said that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and um, and physically, I thought she was more attractive too for some reason. So oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna try to set up a second date. Um, we're gonna try to watch Mother. You know the the Darren Aronofsky film or yeah, it got such bad reviews. So. Yeah, I'm I, I want to see it because <laughs> why don't you go watch it? Uh yeah, so so that's a classic date type of movie where you watch a horror film, uh, right? And so I'm not into horror movies, but she is, right? And right. um, so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm willing to expand my horizons. So um, with this 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 person, um, we'll we'll see. I'm trying to set up a second date. The first date was cool. Um, maybe she saw it already. No, I already texted her about mother. Oh, it? I don't know about it. Maybe it. it yeah. Um, but I. I just realized, like, you know, remember our last conversation about, like, 90% women? Were you yes. there? Yeah, yeah, 90% yeah. women. So, yeah, I felt like a, she was a 90%, you know, or 85 at least, percent woman or whatever. And I thought, that's good. I just actually came from a date right now uh, when I was texting you earlier. Right. Um, and she was, like, a f- nice, fun girl. Um, uh, Race White was, she, she was, like, uh, she was, uh, she was Mexican-American. Um, yeah. And it's, it's and, you know, it wasn't the race that had, had anything to do. It was more of like, um, I don't think we were vibing earlier, like as far as like what we talked about uh, right. with this particular Mexican-American day. But, um, and it's not, it's not because of, I, yeah, I don't want to attribute it to race, but it's more like we didn't click, you know? And, yeah, uh, it just happened. It just happened. So, um, uh, anyways... So though okay so that so the first date you know with um that one went that one um eastern european East, girl. like with yeah first date with that one pretty good i'm i have high hopes but the thing is i don't i'm not going to put too much um you know we'll see what happens right i'm going right. i'm leaving actually for the bay area next week so we're i was trying to set up something later this week but if it doesn't work out i'll just hang out for when i come back but yeah right Okay, um, so uh, those are that's that. Um, one thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, let's see. Did you have any topics you want to talk about today, or? Uh, no, I just want to catch up on your your social life these days. Yeah. Because uh, there was something else that I want to bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were talking about your dates recently. Yeah. Oh yeah! Before I forget, that's what it is. What? Yeah. There, I don't know if it's still around in K Town. But they used to have kind of like, you, you know what a KTV is, right? Don't yeah, yeah, that. karaoke TV, like, yeah. Yeah, where you have your own private room in K-Town. Yeah. There are places in K-Town, at least there used to be, where you can 
rent one of those rooms and just watch movies. Yeah, I mean they do that. That's that's what we uh, you can do that in Taiwan as well. Yeah. Yeah, so they have those places. I, I only mentioned it because you you went to go watch a Korean film and it was like all booked up. But I bet you those places have Korean films. Oh, <laughs> like oh, those another... K- yeah, and then like don't like people like do stuff Make in out. those rooms too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I I kind of like I made out with my ex girlfriend in, in Taiwan in one of uh-huh. those, but that that's as far as we got. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you hear background sound, that's just my my roommate making stuff. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my I live in an apartment, so there's a lot of noises going on. So uh, did you? Okay, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk t- t- touch on for this podcast was um, so my car, right? Yeah, my car broke down. Right. And v- I'm doing this experiment, and there's a TED talk about this. A guy. Um, there's a there's a TED, TED speaker he so I, I thought of this before I saw the TED talk but basically my my car is out of commission I don't want to fix it I drove Lyft for a while, a while through the Lyft Express program right and to rent yeah. a, renting a, through them but I basically had to drive every day to meet my quota and to make make up for the cost of the rental uh, I stopped I'm like you know what I'm gonna just bike everywhere and if it's too far, I'll take public transportation. And if it's too inconvenient, I'll take Lyft, you know? Right. And see how that goes. And it's, this experiment has been going on for about two weeks now. And it's pretty dope. Yeah. Like, what, like it's been cool because, okay, for dating-wise, uh, I have to plan it out. So the, the, the Eastern European um, uh, woman, I, she, that was like, what, Westwood area? So right. I can there's a sh- the, from where I live in the in the San Fernando Valley area I can take a uh, there's one bus that goes straight there but I have to hit the orange line but I can I can hit the orange line by biking there so so I just have to be better with my time management and my in scheduling so but I can get pretty close that if I take a lift or something, it's not as expensive. So I can bike to like the orange line and it's a little bit cheaper if I take a lift from there. Anyways, also, there was like a birthday party not too long ago, right? And yeah. it was in Burbank or something. And you know what? It's, it wasn't that hard to get there. I just took like the, the orange line to, yeah. And then I took my bike with me and then I biked from the, the bus station to the location and it totally worked out. So, you know what? It's, and basically, if is it worth my time to go out there, right? Yeah. You know, I just figure it out. Like, is it worth my time to meet this person? Like, do I really want to go to this party? Do I really want to meet this person? And then if it is yes, then sure. Why, why not? Um, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Yeah. It because definitely changes your perspective on... Or whether uh, you're wasting time yeah. because you can. So what what's been interesting for like first of all my cardio has has is much better. My my roommate just came home too, and he's been biking as well. And you know I just noticed that like when when you're biking more, I don't know, I, I feel healthier, and he seem, he seems healthier. But <laughs> uh, he's like he's 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 just giving me the whatsoever uh, handshake. But um, uh. 
for me personally, I like so I've been doing a lot more. Okay, uh, two points uh, dating. Okay, so I, I so there I met the person in Westwood. The other date, the the one date I had right now, I freaking walked to boba. You know the boba spot. That's okay. like the first date I've ever had where I walked to a boba spot. You know, yeah. and it was so great. I was like, holy shit! I should always do this. Like. You know, like make her come to me, you know, or right. as long as it's convenient for her, you know, and she, she lives in the valley, so it was convenient. And I was just like, wow, this is great, you know, and so it didn't work out, but guess what? I can walk home and do this podcast with you in like yeah. 15 minutes. Awesome, you know? <laughs> so, um, okay, so dating, why? Oh, so, oh, so, I, I, I hit on this one chick um, at Starbucks, okay? And uh-huh. um, I, I want your opinion on this. So, so what's cool is that my dating, because, okay, depth versus breadth, okay? There's a lot of research done on depth versus breadth, okay? Like, okay, The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin is a book I'm listening to right now through the audiobook. And he talks about how depth is more important than, by like, instead of throwing all this knowledge at you, you should take, a, you can, you should take knowledge or certain segments of a particular skill or or. Uh, knowledge subset and do do depth in that and then from there expand right so uh musashi from the book of five rings the go goju i forget I, yeah right yeah he talks about how from one comes ten thousand right yeah and so i there's something about that that's that really speaks to me right um so what does that mean? So for dating, because I'm more my, 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 I'm more focused in the north, you know, the this the San Fernando Valley area. Now I'm seeking out people who are closer to me, or at least in a on a good uh, public transportation path. And I'm hitting on women that are in the in my area, which is great because then that means I can meet up them more conveniently. So I hit on this one girl, um, lady in at Starbucks, and she looked a little bit older and it was crazy it was like another cold just cold open and i just said hey uh how's it going i just i it was ridiculous i I don't even what did i say i said she was sitting down i saw her walk in she was like wearing a nice dress she had a really nice body she was asian and um i walked up uh, she was sitting down i'm like okay james what do you have to lose? She's she's probably like on a break. She's probably gonna leave in a few minutes. So just go say hi. So that's what I did. I said hey, and she looked at me like I'm trying to sell her something, right? Obviously, and I'm like, oh hey, I just saw you sitting. I just want to say hi. That I think that was that was my opening line, right? And she right. just kind of now. There's a couple ways that this 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 can this can veer off. She can look at me and like not smile and be like uh weird. She but but she looked at me and smiled. So boom. You know, MMA fight, there's an opening, go for it, right? So I go in, I'm like, okay, yeah, hey, so yeah, I'm from the area, blah, blah, blah. We start chatting up, she works in the area, it's great, we're, we're vibing. And then there's a certain, okay, I notice this now. When women, like when I'm talking to women and there's some interest, I look at their eyes, right? And there's a certain, I don't know, it's like a twinkle or something like that? But there's yeah. like a certain look in the eye where it's like, oh, there is some mutual attraction. And I'm, I'm becoming more aware of these micro, um, micro expressions, because before I was so worried about myself and how I'm acting in my body chemistry, right, that I forget to look at the other opponent or the other person, right? 
Right. The reason why I say a pony is it's very similar to the push hands, right? Where like yeah. like when we push or something, if I'm so obsessed with where I am or where my center of gravity is, which you know I naturally should feel that, but I forget to listen to what you or my opponent is doing, right? Right. And so now I'm I'm because I've hit on more women because I've been on so many dates, I am more comfortable in my own skin now that I I, I feel that I can just kind of listen to the other person which i should have been done doing since the beginning but so i'm listening to the other person more and it's it's opened up a whole new world of i think um of interaction for me i think so um anyway so i i saw the kind of like twinkle in her eye i'm like oh cool there's some mutual attraction we started talking about the weather (laughs) <laughs> like literally like, it was a little bit foggy then i said oh yeah i'm from the bay area i'm kind of used to this um i used to get depressed i used to i live in daily city right and that place freaking depressed me because it's always yeah. foggy and since i came out to la i realized like oh my skin's better my mood is better because of the sunlight it's great you know um uh, and so anyways and she's like oh yeah i totally i, I know what you mean like yeah um, so I got her number and I'm trying to set up a date and then um, okay so here let me let me read you this text real quick um, uh, let's see here uh, but yeah any any questions before I read this text or yeah well, did you apply Aziz Ansari's findings from his book uh like okay so 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 t- um, for our listeners who don't know about this book uh, can you explain uh, uh, real quick what you're what, what you've been learning or reading or? right I'm only um like a third of the way through yeah yeah it's uh, called modern romance Aziz Ansari talks about how people connect with one another these days whether it's through oh connect meaning dating and just engaging in conversation and he he does this in his his uh stand-up routines and I, i've been i've watched all three of his stand-up routines on netflix and he does do this where he talks about texting and, and people engaging in in the in dates or whatever uh, through texts and he he found he did focus because i don't know how true those <laughs> yeah, are, yeah but he he said that the best texts, the ones that get the best response are if you very very specific you mentioning something that happened when your first conversations with the the person um and being very direct and asking the girl out on a date and suggesting something to do right and that's like so, on the fourth or fifth text or something like that he was saying almost immediately what well, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go back and read it again yeah, yeah or listen to it again um but it's almost immediate it's not like this back and forth of this hey what's up and then without anything else he said like the worst he he hated and he talked to a bunch of women and they said that they they didn't like this hey hey yeah hey. who cares that it, fuck that hey yeah 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 um i totally agree so he, he can't here i'll read you my text then let me i want you to give me your aziz anzari uh, stamp of approval or not okay so I texted her, we just exchanged numbers in, at Starbucks, and I just text her my name. She responds with, smiley face, eyes closed, red cheeks. And then I reply, great meeting you early, earlier, uh, na- her name. Um, right. Let's call her, shoot, what should we call her? We'll call her Kathy, okay. Um, Hi, Kathy. And then, okay, next day, the day, this is 24 hours later. 
Hi, Kathy. How's your Friday so far? She says. Okay, so do do do. We're going into te、uh, text.、Uh, this is going to be the text section. Yay. Okay. All right. So,、uh, so I said, Hi, Kathy. How's your Friday so far? Kathy. Hey, sorry for the late response. Friday was good. Had a long and busy week. How are you? Me. Gotcha. All good. I'm doing well. Just finished practicing some Tai Chi. Was wondering if you want to grab coffee, tea tomorrow evening. Good.、Uh, Kathy. Uh, I have to pick up my son tomorrow evening. Are you free tomorrow morning? Me. Well, yeah, yeah, well.、Uh, me. Gotcha. Morning. I can meet at 8 30 a.m. or afternoon at 1 p.m. Smiley face, blushing. Um, uh, Kathy. Oh, where do you live? Eek. 8 30 a.m. is really is early. Lol. Me. Haha, ha, for reals. But I do BJJ practice 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. On Sundays.、Uh, I live,、uh, yeah, I、right. live in the valley. For tomorrow afternoon, pretty free after 1 p.m. If not tomorrow, can meet for a bit tonight after 9 p.m. Or we can plan for another day next week. So I'm giving her options, right? Yeah, so. Right.、Uh, her. Oh, I can't tonight. I was going to watch football tomorrow. If I don't, if I don't I'll let you know. Can I ask, how old are you? Me. 33. Yourself? Is that within your range? Ha ha ha. Her. Oh, okay. I'm 34. Me. Cool. Yeah, it's sometimes hard for me to meet women, with women my age. They all think I'm 23. Her. Right. Because we're Asian. No one ever believes how old I am, too. Lol. Do you have any kids? Me. Ha ha, for reals. Nope. Was almost engaged once. That's it. Okay. Uh, this is now, there's another, another day has passed. Hi, Kathy. Would you be free tomorrow night for tea slash coffee? Her. Hey, sorry, I have both my eyelash and nail appointment after work, so it won't be done until 9 p.m. Uh, me. Ah, got,、uh, me. Ah, gotcha. How about Thursday night? Or should I join you for a manicure? No response. Uh, three hours later. Oh, no, no. A, a day, a, a 24, 24 hours later. That last line was my,、uh, me. That last line was my bad attempt at a joke. Downcast face. Let me know if you'd be down to meet tomorrow night. Smiley face. Okay. Assessment. Go,、uh, yeah, process. Process this. I, I think she's on the verge of ghosting you. Yes, she is. Where,、so. did, where did I go wrong anywhere or what? I don't think so. I, I think、um, the manicure probably, one, I think maybe. The ma- what's that? The manicure joke. I, should I join you for a manicure? That's kind of needy, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It's like maybe pushing it too far. But I, at the same time, I think、uh, her being 34 and with a kid, you don't even know how old the kid is. This is、see? true talk. This is true talk, yes. So,、uh, I think she's probably assessing whether or not she can just have a regular date when she has a kid. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to the whole Jerry Maguire thing. Yeah. The, the whole so- conversation about dating a, a, a woman with a mom or with a kid, it, it's not the same thing. It's like you have to do a lot of more. 
There's more effort involved on her part. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, there was a mom that I dated before who, like, really dug me, but I was, like, whatever's, though. So, but she was really trying to get another date with me. I think maybe just for a fling. I don't know. I should have, I should have put, I should have pulled the trigger, but um, I sh- that's a terrible term. I should have, <laughs> I should have uh, followed through and reached out to her and said, yeah, maybe I'd give her, like, in a second, I should have went for a second date with that one. Um, but again, I shouldn't live in the past, right? I shouldn't, I shouldn't move yeah. forward, yeah. But, because there's nothing you can do about it. You can, you can just take lessons from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? Real talk, like, okay, Dan, question. Um, would you, have you dated, uh, ladies with, with ch- children of their own before? No, I have not. Would you have prior to having kids? Uh, As a, I probably would have tried because I, I have like two good friends. Yeah, who have stepkids. Uh, actually, um, three friends who have stepkids, and I know it's tough, uh, getting marrying that person. I I think the toughest part is if the ex is still around, still in the picture. Yeah. But if the ex is not in the picture, then it becomes a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my one of my good friends, uh, he married. Um, someone and she already has a kid who's like you know what uh, i think eight or something like that at the time or something like that like so Mm -hmm. fairly you know you know talking you know like not not baby basically um so uh it's interesting he's really taken on the uh, you know but i don't think he does not assume to be the father though of the kid for now because he because uh, I believe in that particular situation, the ex is still in the picture, right? So, so that's an interesting dynamic. So I don't know what the kid is thinking. For the most part, my friend is a great guy. He's super supportive of the kid of of, of his wife's child's ambitions. You know, right. um, he's really smart. Um, but uh, at the same time, I'm wondering: Am I? Would I be capable of that? You know. And currently in my life, because, you know, where I am now, I just graduated. I'm, I have like a part-time job and I've been living, I'm, I've been, I'm, <laughs> I just got money from my tax refund. I've been living off of that. So it's like, I can, you know, I'm, I'm trying to s- scrape by myself, you know, and like, I, I, I don't think I'm a catch for a single mom, real talk, unless, unless she just wants to, um, you know something short-term or something like that or it's just right. a physical relationship or whatever yeah it's it's tough um uh two of my friends who have stepkids is is two kids both of them wow so, not just one and how what was their thought process they really loved her i guess yeah i guess so i i'm they must have I, I never really asked them too much in depth about it. And they did not have their own kids at, either. At the time. Yeah. yeah. So if it she... It wasn't a Brady Bunch. <laughs> it wasn't a Brady Bunch situation. <laughs> um, yeah, because then they could all... Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm conflicted. I guess if I would have to meet the right woman, you know? If, yeah. if she already had a kid, that would be... It has to be with like we have so much chemistry already that that is it, whatever negative that might be is not is inconsequential to how 
how we're vibing, you know? So uh, I think that I that this is me hypothetically thinking about it. But if it is a cold like, oh, I just met you and you have a kid, that's it's it's real talk. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that makes me feel. Well, you know what? To be honest, it does make me feel like uh, I don't know if I can take on that responsibility right now, you know, which is right. kind of an I know it's a kind of an immature thought because I just met her and it's not like she wants me to take care of her kid like right away, you know, but it does pose the question. What is this about? Like, it takes much more effort for her to date. Um, w she's not going to waste her time on guys who just want flings, right? I, I assume unless she's unless she's coming off of a bad divorce and she wants that or whatever. I don't know. But right. There have been women who have asked me, do you have kids? Like on the texting part, we haven't met in person yet. She would text me and say, hey, just to rule this out, but do you have kids or have you been married before? Like one one of the, not her, but a, another girl texted me this before. I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, okay, good. And I was like, oh, interesting. She's kind of screening guys, screening them out already. So I think it goes both ways. Some women don't want guys who already have kids either. So, yeah. Right. And it's fair. I mean... Maybe those girls are, are younger and, and they just want don't want to deal with the headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess then it sucks for them because then their subset of dating becomes what? Other people who have kids already too, right? Right. So that's like, oh, damn. So now from a, from a small pool of people you're attracted to, even a smaller pool of people who already have kids, right? Like my friend, he's, he's divorced and he's got two kids and... Yeah, he's up front, and so far he's been okay. He's been dating here and there, but I think he could probably be dating more if he didn't have kids, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, and he's single, so, I mean, ladies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think when she said that, okay, what was my first reaction? Uh, my first reaction was like, <gasps> like, like kind of like what you did, right? Like, ugh. And then I'm like, okay, let me let me roll with it because I don't know yet if I have chemistry with her or not, right? Right. Yeah. And the fact that she has a kid uh, depends. It depends on what level of chemistry we have and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay. Well, any last thoughts on that topic or? No. Yeah. No. One thing, okay, going back to... Um, so from the from the mic from the mic yeah depth versus breadth. Another thing I want to talk about is depth from breadth. Okay, there's another article about how learning language. This one guy he would he would just read a bunch of Japanese articles, and even though he himself does doesn't know like twenty percent of the words or terms, um, he'll just he'll just read the whole article and just keep going. He won't stop and look up each word he doesn't know, and he says. That has helped him learn, pick up Japanese because he'll guess the context, the meaning from the context, right? Instead of stopping and, you know, getting really deep with each word and understanding each word's definition, that would slow the shit out of him, right? So yeah. um, he just would read the whole thing and then, like, if he has time, maybe he'll go back and look up the definitions. But he would just keep reading. And I was like, oh. So his, that, his process of learning was kind of depth from breath. I mean, yeah. I guess there's there's some there's also some you know. I think there's something there as well. What do you think? Yeah, I I think I, I especially with 
Chinese with all, all the homophones. It's all about context anyways. So if you can like piece together all the things are around a certain word that you don't understand, you can pretty much guess it, I think. Yeah, but the thing is this. He's had to build up enough vocabulary to get to that 80% mark though, right? Yeah. Right, so that would take, I guess, you know, if, if you want to put into um, terms, depth, right? Concentrated effort in a single subject, right? Or, right. you know, learning each vocabulary, whatever. Um, and what's been in interesting is, like, you know, there's Tim Ferriss, right? He's a, a writer. He wrote the four-hour um, work week. And he's also, uh, he's an avid language learner. And he kind of broke down language uh, common phrases that go through most of the grammatical structures in all languages, right? John picks up the phone or something like that, or John goes to buy this. So you have your subject, verb, object, whatever, and then different variations of that that should appear in most in all languages. So he would learn languages by translating those these specific sentences into that target language. And from there, he can pick up sort of grammatical structure. So that's kind of interesting. It's kind of like from you focus in on what's, the core ideas, and from there you can expand. So I thought that that was an interesting learning process as well. Um, and then he, Tim Ferriss, he published uh, Josh Waitzkin's book, and Josh Waitzkin is a push hands um, champion. He went to Taiwan, Taiwan, and won the championship there, which is pretty crazy, because push hands is more of like a Taiwanese national sport, right? Yeah. And for a, you know a foreigner to do that is. You know, or some a guy from America to do that is quite, you know, it's pretty pretty amazing. So I've been reading his book. Um, when I finish it, I'll, I'll talk more about it. I actually push hands with, over in Santa Monica, I push hands, he, he used to go to, to uh, Santa Monica to push hands with some of the guys there. And one of, one of my, um, one of the guys I push with, who I'm, I'm, I'm friends with, uh, Michael, he's like a senior student of William C.C. Chen, who's the same teacher as Josh is. And uh, yeah, we just, I, he said like, oh, you're reading Josh's book? Yeah, Josh is great. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'm one degree away from Josh or whatever, but yeah. But the push hands, the idea of push hands and applying it to different areas of his life, because he's a, ch so you know the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher? Yeah. So that's based on Josh Waston's life. So he, he, he was that kid. Right. Right. And basically he was able to apply um, so after he, he, he needed a break from chess, so he went to take, uh, he did push hands, he did Tai Chi, he found him, he found Tai Chi, and then, and then that was his escape, but then what he finally did was he was able to bridge the strategy he learned from, from, from uh, chess towards push hands, right? And now he, he applies that to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, so um, I thought that, I was like, damn it. Someone's already done that. It's like, I mean, because I wanted to do that, you know, and not the chess part, but the Tai Chi, the transition from Tai Chi to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm doing a lot more uh, BJJ right now. And um, I've been trying to, I think it helps. Like there's times where guys get really tense with me, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I'll just kind of slip out, you know, just breathe and slip out and relax, you know. And I realized, oh shit, Tai Chi is dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I was teaching a kid um, for the longest time. I started when he was five, and I, I when I moved down here, you know, that was the end of it. But right before I left, he was he got into wrestling. Oh, cool! And I go, how the, how's that going? 
I was were at the very end. I mean, he didn't wasn't really into forms, but it was enough information got into him that and muscle memory and whatever. And I just I gave up on like teaching him forms, but I was like doing all combat stuff with him. Oh, nice. And I I emphasize push hands because it's very important. And I asked moving him how foot or hands. moving step huh? or or uh, fixed step. Fixed. Fixed. Okay. Because moving step gets really dangerous. Even my old kung fu school. Really doesn't do moving step too much because a lot of people got really injured. I I I tore my rotator cuff doing moving step. Oh, but, I mean that's yeah. the that's the next step though. If you want to get martial, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely the next step. And if you can if you can get good enough and find someone who can do it with you, that's great. Yeah. And you, I used to do it all the time. By the way, I used to do uh, my old kung fu schools every Saturday morning. All the instructors got together and did push hands. Nice. So I got I got to push with like people who weighed at least a hundred pounds more than me and Great. You know, people who are on my weight. But anyways, I, I taught this kid and I was like emphasizing the martial parts. You know, we're doing some light sparring and doing push hands every day or every time we we met. And I asked him how his wrestling was going. He goes, "Oh yeah, it's easy." I go, "How's it easy?" He goes, "Well, all the push hands that you taught me, it totally like translates into into wrestling." And the coaches were amazed. They they asked me if I had any previous experience. I go I go no, but he goes yeah I, I'm I'm winning a lot of my matches. Nice so, yeah, yeah that's cool. And like uh like if you could do a brush knee, like a brush knee successfully, and like yeah with with like you you actually brush the other guy's leg out, and then you use the other hand to throw him off balance or something. That's some yeah. cool shit. You know like you can do some cool stuff with tai chi. Yeah. Um, there's the um, yeah all those moves like uh, okay cool snake creeps down snake creeps down is a good one like you push into their you know you can push into their control their hip yeah um, cool uh, I, I was gonna switch gears um, so one okay going back to my car sorry and did, were you did, were you done with or did you have anything else that, yeah yeah no 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 go ahead so my car um, it's okay. Um, for, for all those listeners who are looking to buy a car, um, and this was been, has been mentioned before by you know on other podcasts like David Cho, um, he, if you're going to get a car, uh, Toyota, Nissan, Honda, I think Toyota or Honda is you're pretty good, is pretty good already. Just Toyota and Honda. Do not, <laughs> I hate to say this, but I learned from experience. Don't buy American. Uh, if you want if you want a car that's gonna last you two hundred thousand miles, my brother's Toyota Camry ran for two hundred plus thousand miles, you know, whatever, crazy, um, and still running, and he gave it away. My Ford, you know, uh, I drove it up to two hundred thousand, but that's after I've been putting in like a thousand dollars plus wor- worth of maintenance and stuff into it, and it's a newer car than my brother's. Toyota though he, he did put some money in to fix that car up as well um, but compared to like longevity and stuff man you know okay let me get that out of the way uh, any thoughts on that or do you agree or yeah my my uncle he just finally gave up on his Lexus LS uh-huh. and that thing had 350 or 380,000 miles on it. That's, I mean, he, uh, that's, have, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. he didn't want to give it up until the mechanic said you got it that's it it's not worth it <laughs> It's not worth it anymore. 
dude, Japanese cars, 300, that's, that's like normal for some reason, right? 300,000, like you can hit 300,000. Depending on the make. I mean, my last Honda Civic, yeah. the engine would last forever. It's just that all everything else was not... I, I've had like three rack and pinions replaced on that thing. Oh, okay. So it depends on... And those on things more. are expensive. Yeah, okay. But, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it depends. I had a sales rep in in Seattle, yeah. and he drove around all the time. Yeah. He put 500000 on his old Mercedes. Holy shit. That's Mercedes, so you, huh? Okay. Yeah, you can do you can do it. I think the Mercedes engines are built like tanks, especially if you get a diesel one. Yeah. They will last forever. He had it But to fix but, it to fix a Mercedes is like crazy though, right? Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. But if you buy one of the older ones that have like less electronics, yeah. There's like fewer things to fix. Oh. And um he I don't know how he did. He got his Jaguar up to two hundred something thousand. But the thing is, he said it spent more time in the shop than at home. Oh, I, I don't know how, but he still got two hundred thousand miles out of it. You before know, but like the engine block cracked. Yeah, but you gotta think about how much is he spending at the shop. Like yeah. Mercedes, I I drove a Mercedes for a little bit, and like it's a smooth ride. I like driving it. Nice ride. Yeah. Nice seats, yeah. leather. Ooh, sexy, right? But. Yeah you know um the transmission failed once and i'm like wait how much is it gonna cost to fix it are you kidding me you know like transmission is a pretty big thing too right so yeah um yeah we just got a new another car <laughs> like i i, I think what we did was uh, that car was like from a friend or something we, we were able to sell it back i forgot what we did with it but um so anyways what i want to talk about with this car is that it's kind of interesting when I when this car started breaking down, it started like coughing smoke, right? Oh, yeah. Because what was happening was oil was leaking out. Um, so, so to our listeners, bear with me. This is not going to be a, a, a you know a completely car show. Where I, I'm, I have a point, <laughs> but um, basically, it was leaking uh, oil right from the engine block because I think I don't know because the gasket must have been worn out. So it was yeah, leaking. Yeah, so the yeah. oil was getting onto the metal, and the metal, because of the engine heats, right? So the oil yeah. was burning, and then that smoke was coming through the the uh, the fan, through the fan, or through through the engine, and coming into my car. I was like dying. <laughs> oh my God. It was the car. They literally, the glass breaths of my Ford Focus was that was killing not only itself but me. You know, so I had to like, you know what? Forget it. So I just. I just I don't drive it now. It's it's like now the transmission doesn't even work. Whatever, um, and you know what I I got I had a lot of good times with that car. For all its faults, you know Ford makes a pretty decent engine. As far as like I press down on the gas and like vroom, like it makes yeah. a strong engine though. Like I liked driving that Focus. Um, it's just like when it failed, it fails hard, right? Yeah, yeah, and. I don't know. In my mind, what I started thinking about was like, oh shit, how how is this car, you know, any different from my body, you know? So, like, so as I was driving, so I've been I've had that car for since two thousand since I since I my okay my ex broke up with me in two thousand twelve. So before my ex broke up, so like two thousand eleven, right? And yeah. uh, and so it's been about six years, uh, and I retired using that car earlier this year, the like in May or something like that. And um, 
so I got a good six years out of it, whatever. And I was thinking to myself, man, like in that time also, I've had a major breakup. My skin got really bad. Um, and uh, health-wise, you know, like I, it's harder for me to recover and stuff. And I was thinking, man, my body is kind of like this car. I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of wearing down as well. Like I, because because of the emotional stress of the breakup, that's when like I started getting skin plaques on my on my body. Now now I'm better now. But what's interesting about the human body that's different from the car, I guess, is that you there's there's plasticity, right? You can train yourself, be stronger, be faster, and and also I gain more sunlight. So I've I, I've got my psoriasis is is much less than five percent of my body now you know um but uh, it got me thinking about also during this period while my car was breaking down you know, my father he got sick I, we talked about this before and he he got um a muscle weakness a sick is another autoimmune disease right uh where his his muscles uh got weak myasthenia and gravis right and uh and i was thinking oh crap like um and then my friend, uh, my friend got cancer. He passed away uh, last year. Uh, wait, was it last? Oh no, I think it's already been like was it two thousand? Oh yeah, it's actually it was two. Now it's it's uh, two years. Um, so oh wait, actually no, it was earlier. Anyways, it was it was last it was last year. Um, and. Um, it got me thinking about death, like real talk. Like my car dying got me thinking about death a little bit. And I was thinking, how how is this machine, this car, any different from my body, right? So for my body, if something breaks, I go to the doctor. For the car, I go to the shop or whatever, right? And we fix some things and the doctor can fix, or like, but, but what's different with the human body is that you can you can you can strengthen yourself, you can, but there is a, I, I um, I don't know. People say you can push your limits. I, I do agree. You can push your limits, and there's there's guys who are well into their 60s, you know, Stallone or whatever. Those guys, they're like still freaking super healthy. Uh, what's that guy who does like a thousand push-ups? Um, the Jack Lalane. What's that? Jack Lalane. Jack Lalane. Uh, is he a boxer? No, that's no, it's past your time. Prime. Okay. Um, oh, that Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herschel Walker. So there's guys who really push that that um, that thing, but at the same time, any of those guys, if they got injured, their recovery time is still going to be much much slower than when they were younger, right? Like true, true, true. And you've noticed this with your your own body too, yeah. Yeah, once once I hit 35, I think is like when things started really breaking down, and 35 to 37, right right around that time period is like late 30s, mid to late 30s, and things just started breaking down. <laughs> Yeah, and my father, he's like, you know, um, in his 70s, so, like, yeah, it's, uh, and I, I, and I don't know, what I don't know. I it's think- weird, too, because I, I remember having foot issues because I wore a certain type of shoe, and it was like, it was a Nike, and they were super comfortable when I was wearing them, you know, when I first got them, but I, I wore them for like a year and a half, or a year, <laughs> almost two years. And towards the end, I was like, oh, man, I have all these foot issues. And I switched shoes, and that made a huge difference. Oh, my God. So, yeah, like, you have to, as an older person, <laughs> you have to make sure you have, like, grandpa, nice, good grandpa shoes. Or, like, 
Like all these, like you have to get in the, like my mom would say, hey, James, maybe you should get like Dr. Scholl's padding or something. Or I'm like, mom, that's for like old people. I'm like, dude, she is onto something. You know, like maybe I should, you know, like. And because, well, there, yeah, you have the to, other, yeah. other thought behind that is like, you should actually go the other way and not have like the Vibrams where you wear like almost nothing. Oh, like you should be barefoot. Humans should walk barefoot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Because that helps support the arch. But the thing is, the ground is so dangerous. That's why we wear shoes, right? Because there's nails yes. and stuff like that. But but back in the day, man, chasing the cheetah, chasing the, the gazelle, you gotta, you gotta, you, you don't, you don't need, you don't need shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's like a group of people, indigenous people in Mexico, I believe. Yeah. Who run all the time bare feet. Wow. And it, when we talk about running these days, you're worried about your joints, uh, knees. For me, I'm really worried about my knees. Yeah. Having knee surgeries. Oh gosh. But yeah. They say if the more you run, the stronger your joints be- become and get used to that pounding. Really? Because usually I hear it's like you, it wears down your cartilage, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't. I forget. I have to pull up. I have to go research what the who those people are again. But they run for miles and miles every day, and I don't know how long they do it for. You know, at what age do they quit? But yeah. They said that the more they ran, the stronger they got. Which which tribe is this? Where is this? I think it was in Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I definitely do not run anymore. I don't run. I don't play basketball. Basketball is probably like one of the worst things ever. Oh, because you've had knee problems for a while, I guess. Yeah, or like, is this from thirty five, thirty seven, that range, or what? You know, I had my first knee surgery in two thousand. Okay, two thousand one. Okay, okay. So that's seventeen years ago. That yeah, like twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was straight up from basketball, from playing on that blacktop, and then, uh, then like all the years of like martial arts and running and playing basketball finally built up. And I, I probably had like a tear in my knee yeah. already, like a, a small meniscus tear and just got worse. Oh, interesting. <sighs> that's why you gotta do Tai Chi. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I kind of don't want my kid kids to play basketball. Uh, but I know my younger one wants to do, um, your younger one future, uh, <laughs> Well, he's he's really into he's, sports. He's he's making shots. He's making shots from like his equivalent of downtown because he's such yeah. a small kid. But across the uh, room or whatever the um, the living room, he's making shots. I'm like, damn, this kid is Jeremy Lin or like Reggie Miller or whatever, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he just started at a really. Uh, but I remember walking by the park and and we walked by the basketball courts and he just stops and watches. What? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if, how much more he's into it. He hasn't been shooting a basket in a while, so maybe once basketball season starts again and we start watching more more basketball, yeah, he might do it again. So I mean, going to this thing about um, okay, so like going back to this metaphor of the machine, the car breaking down, stuff like that, and let's say your kid stopping and watching the ball. So a car. Particular car has a particular um, Fords, Hondas, Toyotas, or whatever. Um, they they're kind of like the other difference that we have to be clear about again, from machines and humans is that they humans can learn and adapt and evolve in a certain way. Like your kid now, 
there is there is a particular disposition he has, but it could change, right? Yeah. Now, and that you can you can feed in or like one thing I've been learning from the the Art of Learning book is that um, his approach is that you should build on the natural disposition of. So he himself as a chess player is uh, is kind of wild. He likes to create chaos on the board, and he's. Uh, He's very uh, aggressive, right? And then during, like, when he was young, they tried to impose, like, this um, other system on him where it's much more kind of defensive and more like Anaconda style, right? Of, yeah. And it just really didn't fit his personality. So that's why he had to take a break. But um, I think it's interesting. Like, for your kid, like, maybe that's something to explore. Like, explore that natural disposition and see where it goes, I guess, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm... I'm definitely going to let him do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to do basketball, fine. The other thing he's really interested in is skateboarding. Oh, so. interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a bunch of injuries injuries there too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of all the medical bills I'm going to have to deal oh, with. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, there there are things that are preventative, right? I mean, you can wear the knee pads or whatever and helmet, of course. And then, you know, for basketball, you have to have good shoes. But, like, going back to those guys who run in Mexico all the time, they're they're not running on pavement, are they? No, they're running through canyons and whatnot. But uh, I just looked them up, and they're the ones who do. They use hirachis, you know, the the very minimal form of footwear. Huh. Okay. And it says um, a long distance running up to two hundred miles in one session over a period of two days. Jeez, I I did that with my I could barely do that with my bike. <laughs> yeah. Um. Damn. Okay. But the thing is. With a blacktop, they're not running on a. Bl- they're not skidding on a blacktop or running. No, on- no, that's like through canyons and stuff. So, but- I wonder, the human body might be able to do it and not get injured as much if it wasn't on such artificial hard surfaces. Maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but this kind of goes to like. Um, so then, what do you do? I guess you have to have proper footwear and then like make sure you. You take care of your, you. You do a lot of a lot of athletes. They have to do a strength and conditioning to prevent injuries, right? So, because like, well, yeah, you know, you, the one thing I I listen to other podcasts, yeah, about, especially about sports, yeah, and they they talk about the specialization of, of sports these days, where kids they, they once they start like a sport, it's basketball and basketball only for all the time, whereas before it used to be basketball basketball football soccer and you kind of mix it up so that your body's not doing one thing repetitively oh and then so when you do it like in that way your your body's not going to be worn down in the same way right but then your skill set would be more a jack of all trades though yeah but i the the thing is that uh the basketball players with the best footwork have some soccer background oh interesting like hakeem olajuwon he you know he his footwork, they they, Kobe Bryant talks about soccer. He loves playing soccer, oh. or he used to because he grew up in Italy and everyone played soccer in Italy. Oh, who grew up and in then, Italy? Yeah, well, he he did for a time because his dad played professional basketball in Italy. Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. He, okay. Yeah, he speaks Italian. No shit. Okay. Yeah, and then there's Steve Nash. Steve Nash also played soccer when he was younger too. Oh. So there are a lot of these these basketball players who came from a soccer background with really good footwork, right? And then you know some of the UFC fighters that have <laughs> really good kicks 
they happen to have some soccer background too for some reason yeah um i guess there's a correlation maybe uh but that, that kind of reminds me of that our previous point depth versus breadth or breadth versus depth i think yeah. i think you have to have a certain number you have to have some depth in a particular field but then from there you can branch out to other fields and then use those other fields to reinforce maybe i don't know yes you do you believe that or do you should you just start with breadth and then from there focus on i don't, I don't know focus on one after that I, I i actually am a proponent of depth first be, and before breadth okay because then you can at least appreciate things um you know from your from one one position yeah but if you're like doing everything it just it kind of like I, I look at it from a martial arts point of view where all those people who want to become the next bruce lee they just cross train everything from the very beginning yeah yeah but i mean even bruce lee he only had two years of wing chun i, I think before he started branching out but that's all he did huh. um, versus like these people who just want to come and just like do taekwondo and do this and do that you got to get good at something like pick one thing get good at it and then from there branch out yeah i i'm not saying that you have to be a master level at anything right right before you start branching out but you should definitely devote some time to one thing so that you get good at it and then you can you can look at things you can look at um fighting styles and the punches from a different perspective mm. and appreciate other movements because you have that investment in one style and you can make that you have that perspective yeah right yeah i think so like same without yeah i think for myself because I, I i put in a lot of years in karate first and i've kind of moved away from it actually i've you know um but I am very grateful from for that karate background, like the kicks and the punches and the conditioning. Like I remember punching, we had a night of ten thousand punches. We did a yakuzuki reverse punch like ten thousand times, and I just remember looking at my arm and like, holy shit! There's like this muscle I've never seen before popping out. It was cool, but yeah, but from that, um, yeah, from karate, it's given me the confidence in approaching other martial arts and i think you know excelling at other styles however i i don't think i'm i don't think i'm an excellent um i don't know if i'm excellent at any one martial art though which is a shame um i think i'm good at most of them but i don't think i'm excellent at any probably baji fist because i'm the only it's like me and like a couple other dudes good doing it but that's just because the pool is smaller yeah <laughs> in america <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i i I mean, I've done Choi Fight for so many years, but I don't think I was ever, like, um, one of the better people. Yeah. Because I, I've, uh, I've always competed against people who are better than me. And I was just like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to catch up. And then my, at least my teachers, I, I think it's great to have teachers who you can, you can look to and it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that level. But I, at least you, there's something to strive for. Yeah, because to get so you're you're definitely at least ninety percentile, I would say, right? At least, but from general population, but from, to get to ninety to ninety five percent is like it's a ton of effort, right? And to get from ninety five percent to ninety nine point you know whatever percent ninety nine percent, much 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 more effort. You know what I'm saying, right? There's much more effort, but then there's also there's some limitations, uh, physical limitations that that uh, you run up to. Ah. There's just 
certain people who are much more um, gifted in the sense that they're born, their bodies were born and move differently. Yeah. Uh, I, I, some people are a little bit more flexible. Some people are a little more this or that. And then it just, there's, there, I, I, I know that you can, you know, work at it and change your body and, and make it do things, but there's always going to be someone who just like naturally is more suited to whatever it is. And they have <sighs> that's a dangerous argument, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can take a look at basketball. LeBron James, that guy's like a physical specimen who has never had a major injury. Okay. And then you take a look at someone like Derek Rose, who was also a physical specimen, but whose ha- his body could not take it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... There's, there's no argument. There's a there's a rea- yeah there's a reality to the situation, right? It's like yeah, um, there's a certain bio. You know, okay. Uh, then he, let me let me say this. Then doesn't doesn't that mean then LeBron James's playing style or Bruce Lee's fighting style is catered to his particular physical talents? And Derrick Rose or maybe a Chuck Norris or like uh, you know a, the Danny Inosanto they find arts that fit more of their style or personality, natural disposition. Or they, they cater to whatever their style is to their natural disposition. Exactly, yeah. Like Tun Man, so, yeah, sorry, go ahead, yeah. It's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, there are some physical limits, limit, limits to everybody. Right. Am I, like, I can work out as hard as I wanted to in my teens, and well into my early 20s or mid-20s, but am I gonna dunk? Am I going to be like a Spud Webb and, and at five eight or five nine be able to dunk? He's like five seven. He was able to dunk a basketball. You there? There are jumping vertical um, exercises. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, but I mean to be able to do consistently without having to work at it. I mean he he already had that that physical ability, right? He, there's a natural. Some people have a specific talent, and then they have to train that talent, right? Right. Yeah. So, but that that's where I'm talking about going from 95 to 99%. Oh. You have to have okay. you have to have some natural ability. Your body has to be naturally gifted for certain things to get from 95 to 99. Here here's my argument then. My argument would be like, okay, depending on whatever competitive sport or arena that you're in, art even art, art or artistic things, you have to I think you have to Figure out what that ninety-five to ninety-nine percent, or like that ninety to ninety-five percent, means to you, or how can you, how can you cross-reference something? So me being like, you know, I'm a you know okay writer, but what can I bring to it that is different? You know, may I, you know, maybe my Asian American experience or my 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 online dating addiction or whatever. How can I add my own, you know? unique twist so let's talk about physical things okay me as a, comp- a physical a martial artist right i have some tai chi um and I, my natural disposition is kind of aggressive so then i think for me then i had to figure out a way in i in which i can channel like when people make me mad or whatever how can i channel that uh, this is from like the art of learning how can i channel that into not not losing my head with my aggression but using my aggression you know so uh, strategically, so my point is this: is like, sure, there's some people who have natural talents, right? But then I think everyone has their own natural ability. So like the you know 
they can find they can find their own path within that game. It doesn't mean that everyone has to be a LeBron James. LeBron James is great at what he does, but then you also need like point guards or whatever. I, I don't play basketball, but you still need those other positions, right? Not everyone can be a LeBron James. That's what I'm saying. Like ninety five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that that enforces my argument is like not everyone can be a LeBron James. He's just like naturally talented. But you can still be great at basketball, but just not in the LeBron James way is, is what I'm saying, though. Oh, but, I mean, you've just, have you seen that movie, Rudy? Uh, like, I barely remember it. Probably, like, as a kid, yeah, yeah. That guy did as much as he could to be a, a football player at Notre Dame. Sure, okay. But he just was, there's, like, physical limitations to his game. He worked harder than anybody else on that team. Yeah. And he had way more heart. Yeah. But... At the end of the day, he's not going to get to the ninety percent level just because he wasn't physically gifted with with those abilities. Ah, you have a okay, okay. Um, but he loved it so much that he he did. Okay, you you have to have passion to get to ninety nine percent. You have to be naturally gifted and have the passion for that whatever that sport is. I mean, Kelly Slater, one of the best surfers in the world, or probably greatest surfers of all time who's an 11 time or 12 time world champion yeah he he was good at it and he had a passion for it right those that combination yeah yeah to get to the 99 percent level you have to have both marcelo garcia one of the best he the probably the wayne gretzky of you know of, of brazilian jiu-jitsu he said in the interview he just loves it more than anyone he's ever met he loves jiu-jitsu so much he has such a passion. He's he he doesn't know anyone that has more passion about jujitsu than he does. Is and he's the number. He's like the top player in the world of jujitsu. That's what he said. And I was like, oh shit, okay. It's like, do you love it enough? And is he naturally? He's like a small guy. Yeah, he has some natural ability. His like his calves and his bicep. You know, he, they're like you know bowling balls, right? They're like they're just right. So they're like sinews of muscle. So there's some natural disposition, but that passion just pushes it to like, okay, the next level. But you're saying you have to have that natural disposition to get to like whatever level, I guess, yeah. To, to the 99% level, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a hard cap for a lot of people. Sure, okay. Not everyone, but for a lot of people. Not everyone can have like the, the mixture of passion and talent. Yeah, yeah. Um here here's my okay uh, let, let's let's wrap up soon but like okay uh i get my what i was gonna say is you know what there is an obsession for everyone i think and especially in america to get to 99 percent in whatever they want to do which is fine if you have a passion for it you should you should go strive for that but at the same time though i think what you're getting at and this one i i guess I'll, i'm gonna agree with you is that what does it mean to be 99 percent that means 99 other percent people are not where you're at or, or at whatever or or right. so what does that mean not everyone can be 99% by definition right yeah so i think there's an obsession in america to get to the 99% but you don't have to put in the work or you don't you, you or you're not um or you you are talented enough to be 99% so these two things. One, instant gratification. You don't need to put in enough work to get there. And two, oh, 
you everyone is just as talented to reach 99%. These are two misconceptions, I think. And I think you're touching yeah. on on both uh you're touching on one of them, the the misconception that second. You, the second one about talent. Um okay. Uh I, Yeah, one last point about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch a lot of the Japanese anime and mangas or whatever like Naruto or <laughs> uh, any of those, they 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 address this issue, right? It's constantly, you, you, constantly. Yeah, yeah. You can't or you shouldn't, or you shouldn't be told that you're not capable. You, if you're just work harder than everybody else, you'll have, you can achieve up to a certain point. But they find that a lot of, you know, a lot of the characters that they have in those shows or in those stories is that the people with the most talent sometimes don't have that passion. Yeah, right. Or like, especially like Naruto, um, you know, trademark, whatever. But uh, yeah, a lot, he, he, Goku, Naruto, they all have this like freaking magical demon, or like they 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 have this like, there there's one's a super saiyan, one has like a freaking demon inside of them. Like, uh, talk about uns- talk about talent, right? <laughs> like, right, right, natural exactly. born talent. Like, and then you have Rock Lee, who's like fucking working so hard. His natural skill, his natural talent yeah. is hard work. He yeah. works harder than anyone. But guess what? His body breaks down. He his body cannot take it. You know. And I'm, I'm torn by this because there's the bumblebee that can will itself, you know, it's not, it's like one of the most awkward flying insects in the world, but it somehow can fly, but it's so clumsy at it, whatever, but it wills itself. There's something beautiful about that, but it's never going to be like a fucking hummingbird. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the, we'll have to end that there. I, 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 okay. I, I, I can talk. I, there's some more I want to say, but let's let's just let's wrap it up. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, so okay. Language corner, yay! yay. Okay, language <laughs> corner today. Um, sorry guys, we have we're gonna end it. I I I feel like there's more to say about, but we're just gonna end it there. So I'm gonna say sorry, sile, or uh, another way to say in Taiwanese is paise paise. So kind of like a rising tone and then a falling tone. Pai 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 se pai se a little bit nasal yeah pai se a little bit nasally pai se pai se pai se um kind of similar to cantonese um uh what, what do they say in cantonese like in sorry it's like um Dengji. okay that's different sorry i'm thinking of another cantonese word actually never mind um but yeah uh pai se oh i think i'm thinking of pokai that's <laughs> that's totally different meaning though um that's like failure or whatever. But pai se means sorry. So um, in a certain situation, like, um, oh, hey, oh, uh, so- sorry, can I get changed? Or like, uh, oh, so- excuse me, excuse me, sorry. Pai se, pai se, if you're walking through a, uh, uh, you know, a crowd or something. Pai se, uh, you know, pai se, you know, like maybe I'll go up to a girl, oh, sorry. Uh, how old are you um so paise that's that's the word for today for taiwanese um yeah go ahead and then for me it's uh also sorry or excuse me it's suman suman is spelled s-u-m-a-n it's basically an abbreviation of sumimasen which is excuse me or, or um sorry uh and then you just it's more casual way of like suman it's like if you just bump yeah. yes bump into someone's like suman and then just kind of carry on. I don't know if it's actually a, a slang from uh, the Kansai area or not, but I just remember 
hearing it. I don't know if it's from my stepdad or whatever, but yeah, that's my word. Okay, cool. So, paise and paise. Yeah, paise. Suman. Suman. Cool. All right. I think we we covered a lot today. Thank you, Dan. I went. We it was not a shorter episode, but you know what? That's okay. I'm happy with it. What, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll, uh, we're planning to have a guest on the next episode, so look out for that. Please like us on um, iTunes. Review us on iTunes or like us on Facebook. Just look up In Young Podcast. Um, and on is we're also on Instagram on JYS Life Times. That's J-Y-S-L-I-F-E-T-I-M-E-S. That's my Instagram. I also post episodes there. And then we're on uh, uh, Facebook on just look up Yin Young Podcast. And we also have the website uh, in the uh, the comments below. But all right, thanks so much. And this is uh, James, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Young, signing off. And this is Dan, a.k.a. Yin, signing off. All right, you guys have a good one. All right, thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Relationships getting you